Wait. Oh, okay. Shit. Howdy, no. everybody. <laughs> I'm Robert. And aloha. I love hitting record right when Ira's shit goes okay. spilling all oh, over the floor. Okay. Um, um, did I this say aloha is, to you, Robert? This is anti-wave. Uh, yes, it is. Just a second. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. That's my favorite. Every, uh, once per episode, Ira's papers always go spilling. Oh, my papers. All right, I, I'm okay. I hit record right when that happens. All right. Well, uh, this week, we're going to talk about... What movie, Ira? Uh, you, you, you test me, because you sometimes think Mudbound. Mudbound. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to talk about Mudbound. We're also going to reveal our top five. You got your paper. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start all over? No, no we way. can't. All right. okay. oh, we're going. All right. Uh, our top five. Ah, oh, I know. Yes. Uh, singers, actual singers who have appeared in films in a non-singing role. Okay, now let me ask you a question oh, here we before go. we get to that. Yeah, yeah. Would you take other musicians who aren't singers? Normally I would, but we did label it as singers. Oh. We did say singer. Why? Did you already do your... No, you I didn't. Could, All oh. mine are singers. Then why are you even asking Because this I'm wondering if I could have gotten away with that. Oh. Yeah. I'm, oh. Like, you know, could I use Tommy Lee for the Pamela Anderson sex tape? Would that have been acceptable? As long as we can watch it. All right. Producer Joey's getting you a table there. Now I have a table. There Thank you. you. Now I'm get, I feel organized now. Yeah. Now you, now you can don't we have... start alo- Aloha. <laughs> Ira, what's going on, man? How's your week? <sighs> Doing, I'm feeling good, actually. I, you know what? So a few days ago, yep. someone came up to me and said, Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what's, what are we into now? The third week in January. Oh, yeah. January is almost over. Yeah. And what's up with that? And I seriously, Robert, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I'm fascinated that it seems like humankind has a profound need to categorize, to sectionalize, to put things in a box and label it. Well, 2017 was a really bad year, but 2018 is going to be a lot better. What? First of all, it's not going to be a lot better. And in my mind, it's all a continuum but we have a profound need to bracket, to put things in sections, to put a pretty ribbon on it, file it away, and start afresh. Hey, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But I, as you're saying that, I couldn't help but think how shitty 2016 was, though. <laughs> what? I mean, it really was a shitty year, though. Well, tell me why. Give me three specific Because all these reasons. fucking people died. Do you remember that? That was the big wave of people. Oh, talking about celebrities? Oh, yeah. Oh. But it was also just a shitty year. I remember everyone talking at the end of 2016 about how shitty the whole, the whole year was for everybody. I, I, I don't know what that means. I, I, I Seriously, are you talking about on a personal level or on a global level? Both. I think you're on a global level right now. Yeah. But on a personal, I really have always felt that life is a continuum. It's a linear thing, but we have a need to bracket it off because the earth happened to be at that same point in the sun. It went around sure. a circle. So we like to say, well, we're starting a new year. Boy, it's going to be better. No, it's not going to be any better. It's the same thing continuing. I find that a fascinating dynamic. Yeah. And every culture, every civilization on the planet seems to buy into this. When they show midnight and fireworks go off in all the, in all the countries, not just the main, not, not like with, with Rome or London or Paris, but even more obscure places. They all celebrate and go in the streets and yell and scream and party. Wait, are honey. you implying that obscure places <laughs> <gonna> say <laughs> are somehow less OCD than, <laughs> than you know, China or Japan? Less OCD? Yeah. OCD. I think it's OCD. Uh, I think it's a little obsessive compulsive. Well, yeah, I'm OCD, but I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I think we're all OCD. We are all. But I find it fascinating that even just a couple days ago, hey, happy new year, man. 
First of all, it's three weeks ago. So what wait. does that mean? No, I thought you were going down a different path originally because there's something about that that bothers me. Tell me. It's the idea of, you know, you get a day or two uh, to, to say, hey, uh, happy, happy, Merry Christmas or happy birthday or something like that. But after that, you missed the window. Like today, I, I just realized I forgot my best friend's birthday a week ago. And I feel like shit. I was like, oh, fuck. And I almost texted him, hey, I forgot about your birthday. But somehow because it's been so long, it's been so, it's not just a day. It's been like, you know, a, a week. I'm a real piece of what, shit. What's that window of opportunity? Uh, two days? Three. No more most. than three. No more than no three. More. But can I even go on a higher, different level? Yeah. I think it's weird that we acknowledge birthdays. I do, I Robert. I think so too. I think it's a peculiar, and again, this is embraced by every culture on the planet because I was born on this very day X amount of years ago. What did you buy me? It's weird because, the, again... Shouldn't you earth, be buying gifts for yes, other people? Yes. I've been alive for X amount... I. I'm hey, alive. Thank you for being... A lot of friends are going to come out of the woodwork around your birthday <laughs> at that point. You know, hey, think, buddy, how I you doing? I don't understand. Now, I want to say to you, I'd probably feel different if I had a family. Ira. If I had a child. Let, let's make this arrangement right now. Yeah. You and I. From now on, I'll give you a gift on my birthday. You give me a gift on your birthday. And wow. it, it better be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. Everybody has a birthday. But even what's the big deal? Just because the Earth is at the same point going around a circle around the sun, we acknowledge it as a full 360, uh, starting a new year, happy birthday, blow out, make a wish. I find it fascinating. It says something about the human condition. I don't know what it's saying, but it makes me go. I think, again, I think it's exactly what you said before. It's the same concern about compartmentalization. Yes. It's this year of my life this month of my it's it, we need to count it's the obsessive we do. compulsive we do we can't just experience it as a spectrum it's linear yeah it's, uh, I it's mean, a continuum it, yes the continuum that's it's what a continuum that's what it is but we find the need not just in this all countries do that and i find i don't know if there's been books written about that need i'm sure to, there, not, there has to be that's me yeah hey one more well a very similar thing um i fucking hate the holidays I I, I really, don't like the holidays very much. Either. I I producer I the, Joey's giving producer us a face. Jo- yeah, oh look she at she's pounding. She she loves the holidays. And that's why you had a tree and you had the mistletoe right. and you exchanged presents. Oh, she's beaming now. Look, she's beaming. <laughs> but I now again, let me say this to you. Right. I would feel profoundly different if I had a family. But as you know, I have you know no wife, no parents, yeah, no brothers, no sisters. Alone. I have no nieces, no nephews, no kids. I got nothing. You're all I have. You shuffle produ- off this you, mortal coil you and by yourself. Joey are all I have in my life. Oh, that's so sad. I know I'd feel different, but it's weird because of the profound manipulation buy me something buy me something what'd you get me oh peace love now the music is great some i actually of the hate best... the music oh, christmas the, oh, oh i think my nerves producer joe you he oh really she loves it. it she loves i think it's some of the best music ever written some of the stuff the, the more religious stuff is silent actually really yeah that's exactly night. what i was gonna say silent night's a good one oh. that's a really good song but jingle bell rock and oh. well jingle bell rock is is a fairly contemporary but All maybe mean jingle more... bells, jingle bells, oh, jingle. That's so fucking annoying. They're catchy. They're catchy ditties. <laughs> you are not allowed you know to talk I feel about, about ditties. Hey, I got an idea for more ditties. But yeah, it's all profound manipulation. Why don't you write some Christmas ditties and make a mint? 
<laughs> a Jew? You're perfect at this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it reminds me like Neil Diamond did a Christmas album. He sang all the Christmas songs, and in the Lunar Notes, he said, "Your God." <laughs> in the Lunar Notes, the he wrote, "He was born." He said, "I'm a Jew singing these wonderful Christmas songs. I wish my rabbi could see me now." He actually put that in the Linear Notes. That's funny. Linear or liner? Liner. Liner. liner so, I used to say linear. It says liner notes. No. Yeah. Okay. Good. I Something, hate the holidays. I want to go back and, to some. Wait, can ahead. I say one more go thing? Ahead. One more thing. You're not, man, somebody put a quarter into you. Today. What's going on with me today? But even like when there's combat in war, they stop shooting on Christmas Day. There's peace, no gunshots until December 26th. Then it starts up again. Yeah, kind of like is the this tet insane? In Vietnam, like the yeah, tet this is this is nuts. Okay, what were you going to say, Robert? <laughs> I was going to say the Tet Offensive happened on the on the ceasefire day, so not just, all wars. You know, just saying. What you're making? Um, you were going to say something. I was going to say earlier where. I, you zigged when I thought you were going to zag uh, earlier. You were talking about someone saying, hey, uh, happy new year. My father does this, and it, it always bothers me. He'll, If he's going to give you a gift, he'll make it for something. He, he, the, the compartmentalization that you're talking about, he cannot give something to someone without it counting as your birthday gift. It'll be like my birthday is in August. He'll give me... Something like, oh, yeah, let me get you this, whatever, in April. And it'll be like, that's your birthday present. <laughs> you, yeah. uh, Again, we need a label. Can't you just no, there's do comfort. something nice for there's, someone? There's, and that's, that's, again, very telling. I would like, Robert, to take you and your lovely wife out for dinner because I want to. Is there a better reason to acknowledge taking you two out for dinner other than because I want to? That's what it's all about. Well, that's really what it's all about, right? I mean, you, yes. you said it's all about, but that's it's... That's every. That's everything. Even yeah, happy bad. birthday is right. I want to. Right. Well, too bad that on December twenty fifth we have to buy presents for each other and talk about peace and love and family and I love you and sing pretty songs, and it's it's a weird thing we do and I don't get it. Well, here's the problem. Now, here's here's what I was thinking about on Christmas. Here's my problem with Christmas. Everyone has a birthday. Hitler had a birthday. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. The birth is not what made Jesus special. That's if you're religious. It's the death that made Jesus special. It's the fact that he took on all of the sins and then resurrected, depending on how serious you want to take the whole storyline. But either way, Easter should be the day that we go bonkers. We should do that for our presidents. President Day is always on their birthday, right? Should it be on the day that they die? Maybe Hitler. I mean, Hitler. (laughs) Hitler. President Hitler. No, Lincoln is what I was trying to say. Yeah, same thing. Lincoln, Hitler, same guy. Same, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, are, are you suggesting that that would make more sense on the day of the death? I don't know. I, 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 not necessarily what I'm saying, but I think Jesus, the story of Jesus, it builds to his death. That's what the whole Oh yeah, because he's is. like resurrected or something, right? Yeah, something like something. that. <laughs> Look at Joey. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that would have more significance to acknowledge and celebrate. This is a film podcast, isn't it? We should, be, we should be talking about the Passion of the Christ. I was or just going to say that's the movie we should be talking about. But, be but truly, that's. The, I just you asked me what's going. That's what's going on. Yeah, I, it bothered me what what you were saying before about Christmas. That bothered me on Christmas that I was sitting there going, "Why are we celebrating the birth? And why is Christmas the birth? That should be in the springtime anyway, because of the whole the pagan right fertile whatever. Oh, yeah, the, the the whole holidays are they're mixed up. Hey. We need to come in and reorganize and compartmentalize the holiday. Oh, wait a minute. No. no. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, Robert. Yeah. Happy New Year. Fuck you, buddy. 
Hey, let's uh, let's get into some of the biznass that we got to get into. The biznass. Yeah, Where do you want to go? We got an email. Oh and... yeah, there is. You know what? This was actually on my desk last week, and after we finished the podcast, I forgot to acknowledge it. So yeah, can we back I, up a little bit? And it's my fault too. We got we had a guest in here, and uh, and uh, things got hairy in terms of time. But we got to it now, and uh, this is in regards to our two weeks ago. Right, so two weeks mm-hmm. ago, to the darkest hour, which uh, I think Gary Ullman's going to win. Uh, he has to. I Did, think, he won again last night, didn't he? What yes. was he wore, he's, but you know, see, now he's up against James Franco, but James Franco has been taken out because of we all know of why. this How about stuff that? How about with that? the uh, Me Too thing. How so as that? long as Gary Oldman can keep, it, keep his penis in his pants, I think he's got an Oscar. <laughs> I think he'd win regardless, but yeah. You think um, so? Oh. oh what a, what a great that? challenge. Dear Gary Oldman, I dare you to molest someone. And see That's if you can this. still win the Oscar. How good of an actor are you? Know, you know, from what I understand about him and his own persona, yeah. he would fucking take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. But James Franco, I think, was his only real running, uh, was the only person in the running. Now, uh, as we're recording this, the Oscar nominations have not come out. They will come out tomorrow. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if Franco gets nominated. It's a comedy. We're talking about Franco's movie right now. Yes. And uh, The Disaster Artist was a damn good performance, but it's a comedy, and we know the Academy often does not acknowledge comedies as it does for dramas. But I think also the political nature of James Franco, yep. that's what's interesting Although weren't those votes cast prior to his, his scandal? Was uh, the nomination... No, the selection. The selection, I meant to say. Yeah, uh, the I actual... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They haven't revealed it yet. So, I don't know. We'll find out It'll tomorrow. It'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, this oh, listener... Oh, it's about Churchill. Yes, yeah, go ahead. This listener wrote in about Churchill and mentioned that there's been a bunch of Churchill films that have been coming out lately. Uh, it's The Darkest Hour, obviously, and then Churchill, which is another Churchill movie with uh, Brian Cox playing. I'd like to see Brian Cox playing Churchill. I, never, I didn't even know about this movie until the listener wrote in. That's, that's a good one. I love Brian Cox. And I watched it. Yeah? Yeah. It so happened that the <clears throat> guy who wrote that email, we watched it Is together. It you? Did it's, you write this email? It's, no, somebody else wrote it. And it. But I actually watched it, and it's very good. It doesn't compare to Darkest Hour. Did it it's overlap? A solid, it's a solid movie, and there was some overlapping with the timeline. Is That's that what, what you're asking? Gonna, yes. Yeah. But, um, but, okay. And again, the only reason that this listener wrote this email was because I made the statement, hey, maybe they'll do a sequel. Remember, we talked about that. Yeah. And that's when he fired off some movies. What are yeah, some of the, the others? The Crown. Uh, but that was a, that's a TV series, right? The Netflix series. Right, right. And then uh, also Churchill's Secret. It's a TV movie from BBC. Uh, and that's in 2016. So the past like three or four years. Well, a lot of them. Two or three years, actually. Just this year and last year. Uh, there have been a lot of these I wonder why. Why does it go in that cycle? I don't know. Is it something about our political climate? You know, I think it's just random. I do too. I do too. There there has to be these, like, these. You know, remember when uh, there was Volcano and Dante's Peak, and, like, just all of a sudden there were all these. Yeah, these volcano movies. Same thing with like all the alien movies that yes. all of a sudden started spiking. It just, yes. I think these anomalies happen. Yeah. Where... The Adams Family and the Munsters. Yeah, I, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm not being funny with that example, but it's weird that they both came in development at the same time. Do you know they were both on how how many seasons? Do you think they both ran for the same number of seasons? Wow, this is going to be interesting. So, I, how many seasons do you think each one? Right, ran? I have a feeling the answer is going to be. It feels like it was more than it really was. Mm. So, I'm going to suggest maybe it was only three. Seasons? I How think many? it's only two. Wow. Wow. Each one of those. Yeah. It, and yeah, you'd think it was like six or seven. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they were so, I mean, they're so universal. Right. 
This reader also said, thanks for pointing out that the, the wonderful music in that film, Darkest Hour, uh, Dario uh, Marinelli, and that he hasn't gotten his, his just yet, yet, that he's really solid, and he'll be more well-known as years go by. Was he mentioned in that score documentary that you saw last year, or last uh, week? No, and neither was Elmer. Fun? And neither. <laughs> mean little wabbit. Okay, good. So I wanted to acknowledge that. All um, right. Let's move on. What do you feel like doing now? Oh, I don't know. Let's talk what, about movies that we saw this week. Ah, movies that we saw. Are you talking about the, are you talking about the Week in Review? The like Week in Review. Other movies you've seen during the last seven days. Some are stinkers, Robert, and some we want to praise. And you know, you know, Robert, some are old and, and some are new, and we're now going to present the Week in Review. That's the best reading Actually, I've ever heard where of where did you. that come from? I don't know. Look at you smiling you've like. you inspired. Fi- yeah. I love it. Who's going to, you go first. All right, I'll go first. Uh, you know what I saw this week that I really, really enjoyed? I went, um, I went to the movies without you, Ira. Uh, I saw Molly's Game this week. You did? I did. And? I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, it, it definitely felt like, um, as of late, we've been watching, uh, maybe not you and I, but we, meaning like America, has been seeing a lot of these movies that really feel like companion pieces. Uh, you know, I, Tanya felt like a companion piece to uh, uh, Goodfellas. It, stylistically, it, it just felt like it fit with these other films. It, and, and well, not like a ripoff, but like, hey, you know, I'll watch that. And then right afterwards, if I want to watch the same movie, but not the same movie, I'll watch I, Tanya. Um, I felt like Molly's Game fit with a lot of those same kind of films like Rounders, uh, it fit with uh, 21. I don't know if you saw 21, the, the Blackjack mm-hmm. Counting movie. So uh, it, it fit with a lot of these kind of gambling movies where you have this uh, this kind of... Under- you, are you familiar with the plot line? No. I, I certainly sorry, know of the it, but story. story we learned something, didn't we? Yeah. Talk. The story sorry. is about a, uh, a, about a girl who was uh, a, a semi-pro skier. She was, was going to be a, an Olympic hopeful, and then she breaks her back kind of uh, down and out. She moves to Los Angeles, meets some people, and winds up running a poker gambling, um, underground gambling ring, I guess, like a, a night once a week where she's got all these celebrities coming in who are playing poker together. And she just works off the tips, but she makes enough money hosting this poker tournament every week that she uh, she starts making more and more money and gaining more and more attention. It's based on a true story. Uh, it's very loosely based on uh, Toby Maguire, who was like the the kind of celebrity in the middle of it, and he would bring in a lot of his celebrity friends, Ben Affleck and um, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and people like that. And so basically, she winds up getting fucked over by Toby Maguire, and then she moves moves to New York and sets up a a whole new thing there, does the same kind of thing, and then she's she's starting to take money from the the it's called a rake, you know, she takes a percentage of the pot. And when she does that, that's when she crosses the line into, okay, this is now illegal. If she's just getting tipped, it's not illegal. But now that she's done that, she starts gaining attention of the FBI and the Russian mafia get involved. And she gets in way over her head. And this is all based on a true story. And it's really a a great, well-acted film. I do think the plot of the film might have gotten in its own way because it it is nonlinear storytelling. She does jump around a little bit in terms of the time and... Uh, at points you get so interested in a certain aspect and then it kind of cuts off and you go back to the present day and it's almost a letdown. Like, I want to keep living that in that world and see more of those characters. But there's some really great acting. 
I'm not crazy about Aaron Sorkin's uh, writing style. He writes all of his characters very similar. They're all so talky and, and so yeah. quick-witted and everything. And it, yeah. it doesn't yeah. really feel... Um, it doesn't feel natural. Everyone's the same kind of asshole to one another. And they'll make jokes and no one really ever laughs at the, the funny joke that somebody just quipped. There is one or two characters in, in this film that do feel like true, real people outside of an Aaron Sorkin film. But it's, it's solid. I really like the movie. My good buddy, Eric, who's going to be on an upcoming podcast when we talk about the Oscars. Right. Um, he saw... Molly's Game of the Writers Guild and Aaron Sorkin was the guest they did a Q&A afterwards did he throw anything at him so like nobody took it, but he got a selfie pie? he actually got a selfie oh yeah, that's pretty just, cool was Aaron Sorkin in the, the selfie or just he no got it was a, a cute selfie? girl next to him oh okay yeah. cool that's good <laughs> yeah so Molly's Game yeah I also rewatched Bicycle Thieves this week as well wow that's a good one You've, have you seen Bicycle I Thieves I have yeah. yeah it's a great yeah. movie yeah that's one good. of the best yeah you're getting some yeah. culture yeah. you're getting culture I love Bicycle Thieves that's a good one yeah yeah Nice. Okay. What do you got? Okay. A few I want to mention. Uh, Week in Review. Boy, I really love um, Amazon Prime. I saw a film called BDSM Sally. That actually is the name of it. BDSM Sally. But I'm not going to talk about that. Nor am I going to talk about Passion Flower. <laughs> now, there are three Passion Flowers. This is three different movies. They Can you hear any... Joey cracking I know. Up. I know. Yeah. And that the one I'm referring to is in 2011. But I'm not going to talk about that one either. So let's put that on hold, BDSM Sally. But what a title. Passion Flower. I went out of my way to watch a Roger Corman Can I film. ask you a question before you move on? Hold on. Yeah. When uh, you watch BDSM Sally <laughs> or Passion Flower. Do you ever watch these movies and not masturbate? No. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Roger Corman. That's all I need. No, to I'm just saying because that's the answer you were hoping I would say, but we'll leave it up to our listeners to decide the answer. Uh, yeah. The Last Woman on Earth, Roger Corman film. Now, yeah. listen, listen. My first, when I saw the title, 1960, and my first thought was, God, I hope she's cute. It's the last woman on earth. Oh, so I hope she's she's cute. Here's what I want to tell you, you hope about. She meets up with the Omega Man yeah, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's people. Oh, so listen, Roger Corman. But what I'm dying to tell you is love triangle: two men, one woman. Um, it was um, low production values. But do you know who wrote the screenplay? Who? Robert Town. And he stars in it. People have said he appears in it. No, he doesn't appear. He's one of the two men. He's throughout the entire film. This is this is Robert Town. We're talking. We're talking. Uh, we're, we're, what are we talking about? We're talking the last detail. We're talking shampoo. Chinatown. Yeah. He wrote Chinatown. Many people regard him as the best screenwriter we've ever had. He wrote the script to Last Woman on Earth. He's throughout the entire film. That is the reason alone to watch this movie. Yeah. The Last Woman on Earth. Forget it, Ira. It's the last woman on earth. Do you think you he does imagine? that for all of his scripts? Every every last line is, forget it, whoever the main character is. It's whatever the title of the movie is. You know, for what it's worth, the title did not have the word the. It was just called last woman on earth, but they decided to put the word the in front of it afterwards. Okay. Little that that was worth nothing. <laughs> for what it's worth? Well, it's worth nothing. Was it good? It, 
it it held my interest. It was a short movie. It's like you know, eight, no, sixty or seventy minutes. Probably, I'm guessing it was like eighty three minutes long. And um, well, that's and good. They're, they're, they're scuba diving, the three of them, and we don't know what happens, but gases are emitted, and the whole planet Earth and everyone is dead. And they come up from the scuba and they find out it was all shot in Puerto Rico. That's what's unique about this. Corman shot two movies there simultaneously, both taking place in in, in Puerto Rico and San Juan, and so it, it had an exotic look throughout, but it was still cheaply made and uh, appealed to our period interests. Have you ever seen the TV show The Last Man on Earth? No. That's a really funny show. You should check that out. It's really good. TV show? Yeah. Last Man on Earth? Yeah, it's still on right now. It's, uh, it's, it's funny? Oh, it's really great. It's really funny. What's the story? It's Last Man on Earth. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? The disease kills out everybody and just one guy left. And then slowly he starts to find other people who are... Who happened to still be alive? Oh, then he's not the last man on Earth. That title. I, I challenge you to think of any movie where there is a only one person left, and they're actually that's the a left. really good point you're making. Your argument is that for because there's a lot of those with those. He's not really the last person. Otherwise, right. otherwise what would the storyline be? Right. Or the plot. Or the theme. <laughs> Isolationism. <laughs> I mean, I guess the uh, what's the Will Smith one where he was. The Omega Man. Oh, no, that was called... Oh, gee, I actually like that movie. Um, it was one of those... Three, the with Omega the Man. dog, right? Yeah, the do- incredible with the dog. What's, What's it called? Movie called? Producer Joy. Um, Will Smith. About anyway, what about... What were you gonna, that, what were you gonna say? that movie, I don't think there's any other people, but there's a bunch of zombies. Yes, like, there's zombies. a colony at the end. Oh, yeah, No, yeah, yeah, at right, the very right, end, right, he finds right, the right, colony. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so you're right. That's yeah. supporting your argument. That's really interesting. Yeah. You know, even Ray Bradbury wrote a story, a short story about the last person on Earth. And of course, it turned out that there was a woman too and they discovered each other and they didn't like each other. All right. What's the name of that Will Smith movie? I Am Legend. I like that film. We've talked about that before. No, I'm just saying I Am I- Legend. <laughs> All right. Well, All let's, right. Uh, let's move on to Dead Corner. Who ah, died this week? The Dead Corner. Hey, hey the, I'm a, you know before what, you Robert? do your ditty, you know what? I know who died this week. It's another porn actress, man. Yeah. Is that on your list? Of course, yeah. What do you think? Of course. But, you know, I want to say something. And, you know, Robert, this is the moment we, we really have to say that the following people, they, they passed away. Got to tell you. Unfortunately, we must. You know, Robert, the following people, they've, they've turned to dust. They didn't bite the dust? Oh, that too. Oh. All right. All right. The, uh, the dead corner. Yeah, we actually Who do lose another... Um, I, you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting today, man. You, oh, you're you got... making me work hard. The following people passed away in the last seven days. We missed 95-year-old Jean Porter. She was an American actress. You know, I Googled her. I did some research, and she was in a few of the Abbott and Costello movies. Wow. Yeah, how about that? 95 years old, and um, she was in something called Betty Coed and Cry Danger uh, B movies. And she was in more than one Abbott and Costello film. 74-year-old Hugh Wilson, an American screenwriter and director, he did a lot of TV. Uh, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, but he 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 wrote and directed the first Police Academy. Oh, really? Yes, the police first. Was the, this the black guy? The was it? No, no, no that's somebody. No, that, was that a character in the movie? Oh, all oh, right. Did you see Police Academy? I must have. I think I blocked oh, it. I you right. liked it. I think you once said that. It, you, well, it's one of those movies that you watch when you're a kid. Fourteen times. Every time you go over to somebody's house for a slumber party, you watch it, at least one Police Academy movie. Yeah. 
I mean, it was just a bunch of silliness. I go, yeah. I'm sure if I went back and rewatched them, I'd be like, this right. is fucking dog shit. Right, right. But at the time, it was like, yeah, it's it's on in the background. Who's You're calling it dog shit? Yet Hugh, who just passed away, can you be a little bit more respectful? Mm, no. Uh, stale dog shit that doesn't smell <laughs> as much as fresh dog shit. How about that? Anyway, Hugh, 74 years old, and he did die. Yeah, the first uh, Police Academy film. Now, this is a TV person, but I don't care. I'm putting it in here anyway. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but you might know that I'm obsessed with a TV show called The Prisoner, the original one with Patrick McGowan. I do know that. Peter, Peter Wingate, 90 years old, a British actor. He was in quite a few TV shows, including the movie Flash Gordon. So there you go. I can justify putting him in. But he was... I was just going to list off every person that's ever been in. <laughs> I know. But he, um, he had a real important co-starring role in in The Prisoner with Patrick McGowan, 90-year-old British actor. Do you remember Bradford Dillman? Is that a familiar name to you, Robert? No. It's a character actor, 87-year-old American actor. He was in Compulsion, The Way We Were. He was in The Enforcer, and uh, he passed away. We lost another porn actress, and they are dropping like flies. And it's uh, this is another 23-year-old American. This is the biggest tragedy of the week, right, Ira? Oh, yeah. I mean... Talk about legend. Huh. People are all preoccupied with government shutdown. Yeah, forget that. Yeah, porn oh, actresses yeah. are the dying. women's march. No, 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 no not no, the no. actors are dying. The porn actresses yeah. Yeah. are dying. This is a sh- it's this a blight is- on our society. Yes, it's it a is. very difficult. But she was twenty three years old, and it's again- wasting young Poontang. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> She's the fifth adult actress to pass away in three months. She was known as Olivia Voltaire. She died in rehab. Okay, so we get the idea. And um, 23-year-old porn actress. Are what's, you, what's going on with them? Yeah, Can we well, just talk seriously. About it for a well, minute? okay, like you said, it's a random coincidence, but... Is I'm, it? I'm je- I, I really don't know. Well, a lot of... I think there is a coincidence factor, but at the yes. same time, wow, look who they are and look what they do. And so they're all... <laughs> I was taught not to think this way, but they're in rehab. They're drug addicts. Who they, taught you not to think this way? I was brought who, up in a Jewish household. Who taught upper... you not to think poorly Well, I was taught, but it didn't work. But it didn't work. <laughs> Did your mom sit you down <laughs> after dinner one night? Now, Ira, I don't want you talking poorly of the porno actresses you're going to be watching. I don't know no. why your, your mother was British, but, but apparently this, this But my mom you. and dad did teach that we have to have a compassion for other people and, and help the downtrodden. And oh, that, oh, so she's downtrodden. Yeah, she's a porn star. You, oh, you, she's probably living the life of Riley up until this point. Yeah, with the shooting up and everything else. So, I, so you're all teasing. So I think that's your answer that look who these people are. They're on the fringe of society. They are on the fringe of society. They're on the edge. Do I'm you, on the edge. Now, wait, hold on. Fringe? Can you embrace the idea that that might be a little bit more stereotypical? 1980s and 90s thinking of these people? Because mm. I think there's more sex positive thinking in the past. 15 to 20 years in the in the porn industry that's much more acceptable it's much more uh prevalent in our society so uh, i i wouldn't be surprised if they're not so downtrodden i mean i think there's a lot of these people sasha gray she has her shit together but sasha gray has mainstreamed herself she she made smart choices yeah uh wasn't she like um in entourage yeah you know, she had you know what i mean she went more main she wasn't Hard, hardcore. Is that fair to say? Porn? Absolutely. She became famous because her first right. scene, she asked a guy to punch her. That's so hot. That's hot. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she did... She did you can see, we should put a camera on Joey. That's what we should do. The reaction cam? Yeah, but I go, that's hot. And she's like hitting her head, the forehead like, Jesus, let me out of here. 
Sasha yes. Gray. Yes. I, I go ahead. I mean, she did torture porn. She did hardcore stuff. She she did anal gangbang, like all of that. So I think it's about as hardcore as you could get. Agreed. I, I don't think that she was ever. She didn't do softcore porn. She wasn't just flashing her titties and then hoping to transfer over to mainstream right. media. But I do want to say that the five porn stars who've passed away in the last handful of months um, were more on the edge. And they were, all, they were all in rehab. They tried to commit suicide. They were shooting I don't up disagree heroin. With that. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm now deviating from that because you said that they're downtrodden. I mean, you said, look at, the, look at who they are. They're downtrodden. I mean, there's other people that... There's movie stars. Tom Sizemore is in and out of rehab every other week. How's that guy still alive? But, I mean, there's a lot of depression and drug usage that's going on in the film industry, but we wouldn't say that they're downtrodden. Would you agree? We wouldn't. It's the word downtrodden, but I think we would say, hmm, they're on the fringe of society. How do you feel about that? I don't know that that's still the case anymore. I think that's still 80s and 90s thinking. Really? And maybe even early 2000s. But I think it's becoming... I agree with you. It is becoming. It is shifting. I mean, you have these huge conventions, the adult porn absolutely. conventions. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's becoming... And you see billboards for it. So it's becoming more mainstream, certainly. It is. But it's still a French society, I think. Well. Do you think hmm. we'll legalize prostitution in the near future? I mean, eventually we will, I think. But You mean it's not legal now? <laughs> Just because you've been doing it doesn't make it legal. All right, who else died? I've, I've never been to the, um, what's it called, the Mustang Ranch? You want to go? Yeah, have you ever been there? Do you want to go? Yeah. I mean, not with me. Do you want to go? <laughs> Joey's looking to go. All right. Have you, do you know the name Dorothy Malone, Robert? Yeah. yeah. She was quite an actress. I looked her up. I spent a lot of time getting to know her Her work. 93-year-old American actress, written in the wind. Peyton Place. She was, she was in Basic Instinct. I forgot she was oh, in the what? film Basic Instinct. Was, who was she in and Basic she, Instinct? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I love I that I just she, caught you. She was the best friend. I don't know. She's the best. She was the wacky neighbor. <laughs> the wacky neighbor. <laughs> Come on, knock on the door. <laughs> Chrissy. Um, and she also she did win an Oscar for supporting actress, uh, and she for has, Basic Instinct. No, right, gotcha. no not not Understood. for Basic no, yeah, Instinct. No, it was not. It was Oscar earlier one. Earlier one. But uh, uh, just a plethora of movies she did. She passed away this week. Also, I want to mention Alice's. Allison Shermier, 54-year-old American film producer. How come you can she, name all these like Indian people, uh, <laughs> but, but American, you can't say Allison? Well, look how Shermier, S-H-E-A-R-M-U-R. You just Shermier. got so focused on the last name, you couldn't say the first name. Well, okay, but you're right. I stumbled on Allison. Yeah. At any rate, she produced The Hunger Games, Rogue One, and uh, Complications from Lung Cancer at only Shit. 54 years old. 54? 54. So we lost Allison and, uh, and Kirk Douglas. Okay. So that's yeah. the... Yeah. Kirk Douglas dead. is dead? Yeah. Dead. Okay. Whatever. He, so he's gone. He's yeah. like a zombie because he keeps coming back to life and dying like every week. Did you see him at the Oscars? How the, the fuck show? is he still alive? Yeah. 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 Remember I made a prediction that you know, his son was going to die before he... Well, I was wrong. Yeah. The old man kicked the bucket. Dead. Legend. Eh. Seriously, how the fuck is Kirk Douglas still alive? There's no guest here. We don't have to keep up with defense. How the fuck is Kirk Douglas still alive? What do you mean? He's dead. What are you doing right now, Robert? Are you? You're like behind the curtain. You're lifting my my <laughs> veil of secrecy. Well, you saw him on the award show a week and a half ago. Yeah. He, he is. He's dead. Yeah. I mean, you saw 
what he yeah he, he, it was pretty he's functionally dead right he is there's something very there's a lot of pathos and people were applauding but it also made everyone in the audience anxious and uncomfortable and he tried to speak and um i think it's it's time that we have to allow our our memories of him take over instead of seeing how he is today i say it every time do you think he's gonna die first or olivia de helvin who's gonna <laughs> die first betty white Betty White's up there too. Yeah, yeah. But she's still like kicking she's sharp. Yeah. She she hosted Saturday Night Live about two years ago, yeah. and she gets it. She's and she was having fun with the sketches. She she's very aware. Fuck some of these people. Yeah, yeah. I I, they got some long last. They're like George Burns kind of longevity. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So anyway, those people are dead. All okay. right. Okay. Hey, let's talk about the movie. Movie. Mudbound. Mudbound. Robert, in very broad strokes, talk us through it. Mudbound, well, very broad strokes. Mudbound is about two families who uh, occupy the same land. And you got a white family who buys some land in Mississippi, moves their family out there. And then it turns out there's some uh, black, there's a black family that's also living on the land that kind of work in tandem on the land and uh, their relationship between the two families they both have there's a lot of of, of mirror mirroring between the two families yes. they both have a son in world war ii uh who's stationed in action one's in an airplane the other one the, the other one's in a tank so they're seeing active combat and then both sons come home and form this bond that everyone else in the community is upset by and um it's really about racial relations in the early 1940s well said yeah, was that plot or story? I think that's story. I do too. Yeah, I do too. And did you like it? Um, we've talked a few times about movies that don't seem to have anything wrong, but just I don't like it. Okay, from the first five minutes in this movie, you know what's going to happen. You know uh, that it's not going to be anything new. The, the beauty of a movie like 12 Years a Slave is that it really depict, depicted uh, being a slave in a very interesting way. Uh, there was, it, it was more real about slavery. You saw slave owners who were actually somewhat nice to their slaves. And I'm not saying that all slave owners were super nice and hugging their slaves, but I don't, I don't think that every slave owner was whipping their property right. constantly. Right. It would actually devalue your property. But it makes... I mean, slavery itself is awful. It's so atrocious that in order to convey that concept to people, you have to use these tropes like a horrible slave owner who whips and beats people, right? You, you have to show, oh, slavery is bad and, and it's represented by this guy. It would confuse the audiences and seem racist if you depicted a slave owner who was nice to his slaves. Although there had to have been some, right? I mean, they have slaves, but they were good people, treated them fairly. Some of them paid their slaves because slaves were able to buy their way out of slavery. Some slaves were. So some of them were actually paying their slaves, even though they didn't have to do that. So I'm not defending slave owners. I'm not defending slavery. It's awful. But how do you show the horror of treating someone like an animal other than just having a really, really bad character? I feel like the same thing is being done here with racism in the 19... 40s and 50s and we see that in movies so often that everyone in the south is that, that we all we're all racist down here and we all hate black people every last one white one of us and then maybe you have one outlier like this guy who comes home from the war in in mudbound who 
likes black people. He's progressive, and he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't fall in with the rest of society. He's an outcast. Certainly, it couldn't be like that uh, as much as movies depict. And I know we need underdogs for our storytelling devices, but it just seems trite. Uh, we've seen it over and over and over again, and uh, it, it's shot beautifully. I'll see. The lighting is gorgeous. Yeah. The look of the film is awesome. Although I do think there's some. It's really like a few shots every five minutes that are just absolutely stunning. They're like paintings. And then a lot of the close-ups are are well lit, but not very magically shot. Uh, but some of the, the few images are just gorgeous. Yeah. Landscape. Interspersed. Yeah. La- landscape shots. Yes. Were magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. The and close-ups they... weren't anything to write home about. You're right. And You're I've right. seen other films that really have done that better. Uh, you know, some of the more interesting... Uh, we were talking about... Jean-Pierre Junet last week, the French filmmaker who did Amelie and uh, Delicatessen, and he did the work that he does in close-ups is so visually packed. It's amazing. Uh, And I don't think that this film has that. Uh, It's not bad. It's just kind of... eh. The performances are all good. Uh, I didn't even really mind the story. I thought the story was okay. Just It's derivative. We've seen it so many times before. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. By the way, I want to back up. You said that slavery is awful. Is oh it? boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go. If we implement, people think I'm the offensive if, one on this if show. We, if we re-implemented slavery, the crime would significantly oh go down. Oh my gosh! There'd be no ghetto. You just want your own sex slave, <laughs> Robert. I agree with you completely. I first want to say that it was beautiful cinematography. Some yeah. shots were stunning, almost too pretty. Remember a few weeks ago I said, yeah. "Is it possible for a movie to look too pretty where it detracts and pulls you out of the story?" Almost, almost. But yeah. it was lovely to look at, and the acting was really good. And I'm going to make this. I thought, what is it? How can I respond? Because I want to be articulate. It's a good movie, but it wasn't for me. It's a good movie, but it wasn't for me because I feel like we've seen this before and we've seen it done better with better stories. Uh, We know about the South in the 1940s and we know about the racism that went on and so on. It wasn't, it didn't tell us anything. uh, To Kill a Mockingbird was the same thing, but it tells just, I think, a more interesting story. This was gorgeous. It was very well acted and I had no complaints about the production values of the movie, but I just feel like been there, done it, and you know it's getting rave reviews. Yeah. It is getting rave reviews, and I think it'll get nominated. And, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I just felt like we know about this. We've we've seen this. There's nothing new here. This is that movie when the Oscar nominations come out that you say, "Oh, Mudbound." Yeah, I think I heard something about that, and you never go see it. Ah, uh, I think this is that movie. Yeah, um, I think uh, actors. Uh, that are entrenched in Hollywood are really going to like this movie uh, if they ever get around to watching it. It does feel like homework at times. It feels like you you have to watch this, you know, like in a uh, six-period English class. Obligated. We, we all yeah. have to sit through the, you know, the scarlet letter and, you know, take your penance and watch this thing. And it feels somewhat like that. Uh, but I do, And I do think that a lot of the actors who watch it will really like the performances but I, I don't think I don't see the general masses really flocking to this film. I agree. I think Netflix probably shot it hoping to get some of the Oscar attention because I think Amazon is starting to get that, especially with uh, last year's uh, oh, what was the Casey Affleck movie where he the house burned down. Oh, hmm. we reviewed. Oh, it we re- it was one of our early ones. Yeah. Um, Bridge no, by the sea. Uh, sea something. No, what? The word sea. 
Manchester by Manchester the by the Sea. Yeah, there we go. You know, there's like two people who listen to this podcast who are like, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea, motherfuckers! <laughs> Wait, two in total? Or just two? There's who only two people yeah, that two are listening two people to this in podcast. total. But the, you two that are listening, <laughs> we got it. That's why we have a producer. We can't think of everybody's uh, name or the movies they were in. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think because Amazon has so many, uh, they're starting to get so much Oscar attention and they're starting to be kind of credited as the new studio. I think Netflix feels like they got to throw their hat in the ring right. in that arena as well. And this I mean, it looked like it probably didn't cost all that much to, to make. You didn't have any huge, huge names in it. Uh, you got some decent acting and you got uh, you got a story that you can that you can bank on to, to gain attention at the Oscars. Right. Right. You know, often we've said that we use the term breathe, that uh, movies can breathe, take their time, uh, especially independent films. They yeah. can just, they don't have to rush through it. But I thought this movie was breathing too much. Yes, I would agree. Too long. And I know I've said that with other films and previous podcasts, but I think it needed some editing. No. Yes, I agree. I think especially a film like this, where it's all set in rural Mississippi in the 1940s it, it it's gonna it needs to be short I think people feel like oh we'll make it this long sweeping epic it doesn't need to be it could right. be much tighter and really I think this should have been brought down in an hour and a half I agree I mean there's some really interesting um moments in this film I, I will give them that but ultimately I think if they were just to keep those interesting moments and and parse out some of the more um, bullshit that didn't go anywhere. I think they could have made a much tighter film that I agree. that would have uh, maybe even gained more critical acclaim mm-hmm. than it's already gotten. Yeah, there are some good moments in this film. Uh, I was I found it interesting when we we're inside the pilot's cockpit. Yeah, the, that's the, exactly what I was thinking. Really, of. Robert? That's yeah. great. And I thought, well, am I already going ahead and seeing a, a money shot? Maybe, but it was actually a sequence. But I never saw it from that perspective, and I felt the claustrophobia yeah. in, inside there. And you saw through the window from his point of view of the other plane firing at him or he's firing. That was really an interesting segment in yes. the film. So it was, again, the production values were were top-notch. It was just long, and I feel like I've seen this before. Um, yeah, yeah. There were other sequences, too, that, that I got to tell you, um, at the beginning, like in the first 15 minutes, when the handsome brother is flirting with the... Yeah, wife or girlfriend? Were they married at that point? No, uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. I yeah, think, okay, no, right. I think they were still dating. I think so. They're they're yeah. just dating. But the way that was shot was really like wow. You know that the handsome brother was kind of coming on to her. Did you like that or no? Well, I I I liked it. It made me anxious, but that was good. That I was reacting that I way. I felt like it was a little heavy handed. Did you feel it was heavy handed? Yeah. A little bit manipulative. A little bit not too just, not just manipulative, right. but too easy to spot. I think they were. It wasn't subtle. Yes, they were very like. Hey, there's sexual tension here because they keep staring at each other way too long after they right. should have already broken eye contact. Right. right. Yeah. And I, I don't even know that we really needed that. No. Ultimately, what that have to do? The story could have been told without that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they're just adding more texture background. Yeah. And I, I get it. I know the desire to do that, but I think ultimately you're, you're losing people with it. Right. Whose story? Was it? That's what I did like about it. What I did like is that it was not any one person's story. There were several different narrators, and they were all kind of reviewing the the different aspect of the the story from their own angle. Yeah, who's the protagonist? Hmm. There was, was well, there I think that well, certainly. See, it's the, kind of weird because the protagonist changes throughout the film. Uh, you know, it starts out being 
it starts out kind of being the white husband who gets rooked and yeah. by this by this rent he pays a hundred dollars yeah. to live in this house and then you feel sorry for him he's brought his whole family over there and then he kind of turns out to be not a villain but kind of a pseudo villain and i do like that i mean look you know uh, my taste in films i like moral ambiguity i like characters that that are more real than anything else the uh, father of the black family also has some kind of leanings towards is he a good guy or a bad guy he's definitely kind of a protagonist at the beginning and then these two guys come home from the war and they quickly become the protagonist so it does seem to shift and i really like that aspect of the film because i can't think of very many other films that really do that well and i think this film does do that well Agreed. so I, I like that element i do too and i think that's what makes it anti-wave you know we we often have had this discussion of oh is this film anti-wave and I do think that this is an anti-wave film. I think it's trying to buck the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's plot device. It's not by the traditional way. storytelling, that's for sure. It's it, the plot, using Josh's terms. The plot here, the way that the story is being told, is making it different. I do think that there is, as I said, moral ambiguity, some realism to the characters. I think that's nice, but ultimately, it's just not enough to really capture my heart. Right. Right. Yeah. So I did think it was clever when. The black soldier. Where was he in? Where was he? Was he in France or in Italy when he went to see the girl? Germany. She it, was German. Was Germ- but it was occupied. Was it occupation? Occupied by? She was German. But what villa? What city was? What country was that? Well, villa? he was. He was in Italy earlier. Right. But I think he. When he goes back to see the girl at the very end. I think he was in. He was in Germany. In Germany. Yeah. I think. And of course, I realized this after I saw the movie that. Well, wait. They, he had his. Spoiler alert, when he had his tongue ripped out right. and they couldn't speak the same language. So look at that irony there that when they saw each other earlier in the film that they couldn't really talk to each other. Well, now he couldn't talk. So it was like, oh. You know, I don't think I got that. I, you That's didn't a get really that? interesting, interesting wow. analyzation. Uh, that hit me at three in the morning. It Thinking about it, that, huh, huh, ironic. Okay, but that does not a movie make, although it was a clever bit at the very end. I, I wonder if I would recommend anyone to watch this film. Hmm. I, it almost feels like I would recommend watching it on fast forward. I also have to question, I did not see this movie in the theater. I saw it at home and I'm pretty sure you did it as well, right? Didn't mm-hmm. you see it at home? Right. I wonder if it would have been different if I saw it in the theater. I wonder if my attention would have been held longer. And a lot of times I, I prefer to go see movies in the theater for that very reason. Sure. Because there's no distractions and I can't stop it. I, I have to watch it on the movie's terms, right? I have to come to the movie as opposed to the movie coming into my space and I can pause it and I can play a game on my phone or something like that. I can't do that when you're in the theater. So in a way, I, I like, I, I almost always like movies more when I'm seeing them in the theater. I have to tell you that I did stop the movie more than once to make a phone call. I did break up the movie. I was seeing it at home. Mm. So I wonder if I would have been more immersed in the storyline seeing it in the theater. But at the same time, there are some films, even when you watch them at home, uh, like for example, this week I watched a lot of Planet Earth Part Two. I don't know if you saw that they released, right? You know the TV series Planet yeah, yeah, Earth. They did yeah. a second one, and some of those episodes were so captivating, I wouldn't dare turn that off. I just right. I want to watch it, and I would go back and rewatch it and go, "This is amazing." So something about that is really pulling you into that world, and this one isn't quite doing that. Isn't capturing. Agreed. Agreed. What were your money shots? Yeah, and so some of the money shots, again, for me, there was, well, other than the specific scenes, it was not a shot, but it was a sequence inside the the, the, the pilot's um, right. cabin. 
in the in the fighter pilot it's called the cockpit, right, cockpit cockpit that's the word how could you how forget could i forget the word cock yeah pit yeah okay all right and uh there was another it's a sequence but it's when the black soldier comes back for the first time and is in the general store mm-hmm. and the tension escalates immediately that he has to leave through the rear that whole sequence was really i thought well done yeah it was a very anxiety provoking and that for me was a money shot sequence I also, the airplane sequence with a guy, the co-pilot gets shot and the tank, uh, all, the, that comparison, the parallel between that and also the black guy who was the sergeant in the tank and they get shot up. Those two parallels and the way that their heads just basically blew up in right. front of them. Right. And, uh, and I, 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 again, that feels, it's, it's a cool action sequence to watch, but it does feel a bit heavy handed in terms of a, a story device. Like we don't, you don't have to make it so on the nose that there's parallels between these two guys. Right. We get it. Right. But uh, it is memorable. It is a money shot. But the money shot that I think I'll think about for a while, because I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it, there was one beautiful shot. It was like a, a sundown uh, with a tree in the um, in this like right-hand third. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous shot towards, towards the end of the movie about um, – maybe the last 15, 20 minutes, and it was just this beautiful panoramic shot of the the house there and a little tree. I actually remember that shot, and yes. And it was so gorgeous. Yeah, it you looked, see the it house? It looked like a beautiful painting. It looked like... The house is on the left, isn't it? And the tree's on the right? Yeah. And the foreground? Yeah, yeah. And it's... I remember that. And again, it was gorgeous cinematography. Yeah. And there's some really we nice We should acknowledge... There. I believe her name's Rachel, the cinematographer, and um, should have acknowledged her name. It was beautifully shot. Rachel, Rachel. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay, Maybe we'll producer Joey can find out who the ah, director is. Cinematographer. Thank you. She's on it. Um, so, yeah. All right. What, what yeah. rating would you give this movie? Right. I would give it... We're talking letter grades here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be an in-between one. I'd give it a C plus slash B minus. I'm right in between a C mm-hmm. and a B. I'm right in between a C and a B. I would give this movie a C. Uh, and that's pretty low for me. Robert, I've never... That's one of the lowest scores you've ever given a movie ever yeah. since we've been doing this podcast. I will, I'll never really want to watch this movie again. No. Uh, I feel like I got it. Uh, I feel like I got it beforehand. I don't feel like I would recommend it to anyone. Uh, I, you know, we've we've talked before about if the director was sitting here, how would we handle things differently? And I I think I could justify Rachel Morrison. By the way, Rachel Morrison. I was right with Rachel. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Rachel Morrison is beautifully shot. Go ahead. I want you to finish your thought. Uh, I I I think I would. I would try to soft sell it, but I think I'd have to stick with a C here. Even even with the, if with the director is sitting here, I might try to go up to a C plus. Uh, but I think I would have a hard time with it because I think the even uh, the director, the other films that she's directed, they all seem to be the same kind of film. And I think again with um, Steve McQueen uh, doing Twelve Years a Slave, his other films aren't all about race i guess that's what bothers me and this comes from like the speech community as well in the speech world there are certain people who will do that there's uh there'll be a a black performer who only does pieces about being black and it's okay to to talk about your race or your gender or your um or your your sexual orientation it's okay to do that but that's not all you are and i guess that is what bothers me about filmmakers who only create that same kind of art that uh, that continues this same 
this, what am I trying to say? The same message that we've heard over and over and over again with not enough of a new spin on it. The new spin here was the plot device of who's the narrator, but that the message was, there was the no message, real new, we've seen the nothing message. new. We've seen it before. We've seen it before. And it was horrible either at this South. point, we either get it and understand it, and now we feel resentful that we're hearing so much of it, that's me, or there's people who don't care and are still and, very and racist. And that's they you. never would, hey, no, no, and they never, thank you for getting that, and they never would get it. Yeah. Even if they're bombarded with 10 more of these, right. they still won't get it. Right, yeah. right. So I, I understand that the argument for it is to keep the message going, to keep the message uh, flowing so that future generations can understand that, but I think they get it. it it's, it's guilt. It's like it's all white people should feel guilty. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've never had a slave, except for that one time, but I don't like to talk about that. And, uh, <laughs> Look at Joey. <laughs> We got to put a camera it, on this. You know what this movie? This movie felt British. That's what this, this it, movie felt like. A room with a view, and it's I. I never really want to sit like, through. It seemed like it was a Black Merchant Ivory movie. Yes, <laughs> it felt like a, a, a British movie that Americans got to act in about American yeah, history. Yeah, that's what it felt I, like. I so agree with that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you give it a solid C. I said C plus slash. B minus. Yeah, I right. was being a little bit. Lenient. And somewhere between well, the tr- we're, between we're, the two, C plus. The truth lies. The truth C plus. Yeah, yeah. Beautifully shot, nicely executed. All right. Acting, but we've seen it. I hey, let's uh, let's talk about our top five. Our top five and hit it, Vern. And now, wipe off that frown as we present our countdown. We ain't joshing, and this ain't no jive. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Okay. So, now justify our top five, yes, Ira. Yes. Why are we doing top five singers? Oh, we should marry. We should marry. We uh, should mention. We should marry. We should marry. Too bad I'm already married. married. You, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Blige? Mary J. Blige. Is yes. That, was, you're looking yeah. at come on. Are you excited? Mary you J. It. Blige it was, uh, was certainly good. She was very good in this film. Yeah. And she's a singer. And that's where we came up with the idea of singers, singers, who are, have parts in films in a non-singing role. Boom. Now. What? It's funny. Usually I'm the one who has nice well, trouble defining our terms. First of all, you, you said singers, not musicians. So we can't have musicians. Is that right? If you're okay with that, yes. That's and all I in a non-singing role. Yes. What if they sing one song? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I was thinking about like Rio Bravo with, you know, or the, like Ricky Nelson was in him. But if he sang a song, I would not have put him on the list. I'm, hmm. I might have violated some of those. And that's fine. But I, I think I got it. So, for example, well, yeah, well, but for, is for it example, a non-singing role? Even if they sing one song, that's your question. It's a great well, question. Well, no, here's my question. First of all, I'm assuming we can't pull in someone like Bjork or Bjork, however you want to say her name, for yeah. "Dancer in the Dark" because that was a musical, right? Yeah, right. So we we couldn't do someone like that unless she has that swan dress. <laughs> that's why she wore the swan dress. But could we do someone like Eminem for Eight Mile because? The role he was playing, it wasn't really a musical, but his... Now, I, I actually had that, but then I thought, you know what? First of all, I wouldn't even put that on my top five because he was... I like the movie, and I like him in the movie, but that's his life. It's like you playing Ira. You know, that's that's not that far of a reach. But he does sing or rap or, you know, do whatever you want. 
he does perform in a musical way. I don't know if it's singing necessarily, but is would you accept someone... Initially, my thought would be, no, he shouldn't be included because he sings, he raps a song. However, I sure see what you're saying. And it's a non-singing role, even though he sings or raps a song or two. It's yeah. still an acting non-singing role. And I really appreciate what you're bringing up right now. I don't know the answer. All right, good. Okay. I, I'm All glad right. you're, yeah. you're in a, yeah, but I, an but I hear you. Okay. I hear you. All right. Well, what's your number five? You want to go first or you want uh, me to go no, first? You, you go first. Right. You... My number five, um, <clears throat> man, I had a tough time with this one because uh, this guy, I, here's what I also did. I want to tell you. Yes. I, I did not double up on the actors because some of these actors or singers, however you want to put it, they've been in multiple films. And my number five, uh, I, did you double up on people? Oh, the same same person in more than one, in more than one ranking. Movie. No, I didn't. Okay, I purposely did not because I felt like that was against the spirit of what we're going for here. Uh, but for my number five, I the, the actor is Harry Connick Jr. and I could not figure out what movie to put him in because I love. I, I'm going to say it. This is going to sound so. I, you're going to laugh. Hope Floats is such a good movie with Sandra Bullock. He's really good in that movie. And I do have this little tiny soft spot for romantic films like that. I am, you know, you you really surprised us with The Notebook. <laughs> yeah. And Love Actually. Yeah. And now Hope Floats. What the <laughs> fuck is going on with you? Uh, yeah. And then I'll go watch Coy and Scotsy right after that. You, yeah. you, you, Hang on. I'm still nerd, man. I like films. Love it. I love it. But I, I did not select Hope Floats. I really wanted to. But the movie that I selected, my number five, is from 1991, Little Man Tate. Did you see Little Man Tate? Jody did Jodie Foster direct that? Yes. Yes. Directorial and I debut. thought it was a gem. It's good. F- it, it's it? a good movie, but Harry Connick Jr. steals the show. That's right. He's fantastic. And I think he does I play a song in the movie, but he, well, it really anyway. is. Definitely counts. Yeah. I think he, he plays like a song or two just because he's like fiddling around the piano, but it, it's really an acting role. So if, if we're counting Eminem, we're definitely counting Harry Connick Jr. It's definitely an acting role. Wow. Wow, that's really great. He does a mean Frank Sinatra, doesn't he? No, oh, he's great at everything. Yeah, yeah. They've been I, wanting to do the Frank Sinatra movie and having him star in oh, it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's huh. been talked about for years with him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> look at the look I'm getting from I like the way you fade yourself out. <laughs> Fly me to well, the moon. I kind of know when to stop just by <laughs> looking at you, Robert. That's it. I know when yeah. to stop. You should stop on the <laughs> foot. Stop. All right. That's really a nice choice. What's your number That's five? That's a nice... My number five is is a cornball one. Uh-oh. It's a cornball one, and it may be because I am just a little bit older, but in the uh, in the first um, airplane, uh, airport movie, 1970... <laughs> yeah, I know, not airplane, but airport, 1970, when Dean Martin was the pilot. And I know, I know, I know. But I've got to tell you, that he had a very dramatic moment. And I read an essay about this where he, it was a whole thing about, give me the gun. He goes down and he asks to get the gun back. And it's, he's, he's, it's solid acting. And after they shot the scene, everyone applauded him because they didn't think he had the chops to, be, to act the part of a, of a pilot with his plane in jeopardy. He's a singer and it was a non-singing role. It's a goofy selection, I know, but I'm sticking with my number five. All what, right. what, what? Well, these were important films where they had all these A-list was, celebrities. And okay. Was Airport the one where they, weren't they, 
Didn't they get in another plane? No, and... that was the airport 75. Was it 75? <laughs> Is that the way? They, they got a go plane in... leading yeah, it, and yeah. they had to like jump back to the yeah, like yeah. the windshield. That, that was getting so. There were three of them. There were three. 75 and 77. Right? Yeah, yeah. So this was yeah. Even Jack Lemon and Brenda Vaccaro were in one of them too. Oh, were they? Is together as a couple, but um, this was uh, 1970. This is the first one. Okay. And it created a little bit of a, a phenomena. Yeah. And they were successful, kind of like what we saw with uh, you know Towering Inferno, Poseidon Adventure, right, get right, a bunch right. of A-list celebs and put them in dire circumstances. Yeah. Cornball choice, but I'm sticking with it. D. Okay. Martin. My number four is a movie I don't think that you've seen, but it's good. Uh, from 1997, starring Tupac Shakur, Tupac, Gridlocked yeah, with Tim right. Roth. You're right. I Have you seen? It. No. All right. No. Gridlocked is about these two junkies, heroin junkies, who decide that they want to uh, go clean. And they go all around town trying to get clean, trying to get into themselves in a rehab center, and they can't. And uh, everywhere they turn, they keep getting, um, no, you can't. It, it's a really commentary on the bureaucratic system of a junkie who is trying to get clean, but the system will not let them get clean. And it, it makes it easier for them to just go back out into the world and get high than it does to get clean. It's a really interesting film. It does have some action in it. Uh, there's I think some guys that are after them or something. I haven't seen it in a little while. I need to go back and rewatch it, but it's really good. Tim Roth, Tupac, uh, Tupac's great in the movie. So that's my number four. Our, Good luck. By the way, we've got to ask our classic question. Are we going to overlap? No. No, no way. I, <laughs> no, no way. we're not. Yours are more contemporary and hip. Mine are older examples. <laughs> if there was ever more of a division, it'll, it's going to happen in this top well, five. Well, mine, you'll note it. I noticed this too. All of mine, for the most, almost all of mine are 1990s. I have one that's not a 1990. And even some of my scoops of ice cream are 90s or 80s. So, I mean, it's... This is great. Yeah. All right. It's definitely the era in which you grew up. Yeah, it is, because my number four is 1960. Mm. Um, I'm cheating with my number four. It's a cheat, because I have two, and they're so similar. They're two different movies, but they're so similar. Uh, In the Alamo with John Wayne in 1960, John Wayne directed it. Frankie Avalon was in this Venus in Blue... I know where to stop. <laughs> and at that time... You should have stopped at Venus. I know. <laughs> at that time, they were taking then uh, teenage heartthrobs and putting them in these movies yeah. so that the girls will go. That was the formula. And it worked with two movies. The following year in The Guns of Navarone... No, no, not oh. quite. The following year in The Guns of Navarone, 1961, with James Darren, they mm. did the same thing. Not Bobby... I always got Bobby Darren and James Darren confused. Well, that's understandable. Uh, yeah. It is, yeah. But uh, neither spoke, neither sang, neither sang in either of these two movies, Frankie Avalon, The Alamo, James Darren, The Guns of Navarone. They were not good actors. They were good singers. Uh, they had a significant part in both these films, and I'm clumping them together. I'm cheating on this one because it's so similar that they were getting a teenage heartthrob, putting him in the movie to broaden the appeal. You just couldn't go with scoops of ice cream you had to work in. I cheated. This is a cheat. All right. My number three is from 1991, starring Ice Cube and his big break, Boys in the Hood. Did you see Boys in the Hood? I did. John Singleton's yeah. first movie? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ice Cube is great in that movie. It's fucking great. Did you really see it? Do you no, remember it? No. You didn't see it. <laughs> I could tried, see it. You could tell. I'm trying to remember if I saw it. Yeah. It seems like you should have, but I, I, you probably never of, did. Well, that's true. It seems yeah. like you're almost, you know, that's your obligated. It's one of these movies it. that if you go back and rewatch, I mean, it, it's really a great film. The problem is it's been 
copied to death. And that formula really got established with Boys in the Hood. And um, it, you, you can see that, okay, this is, this is what set the pattern of all of those 90s uh, n- new wave of black exploitation movies that were to come. But this is, this is true life, uh, gritty, urban, black neighborhood. It's great. Our top five can't be more different yeah. in this podcast than in any other podcast we've done. That might be true. I think that's very true. I do have one. My number two, I think we might overlap. Really? I think so too now. I'm looking at my We both have that for number okay. two. However, number three. Okay. Frank Sinatra. Damn good actor. Singer primarily. But look at the look you're giving me. Okay. Wait. Is that going to be your number two? That's going to be your number Frank Sinatra, it could be... It could be, you know, Manchurian Candidate, The Man with the Golden Gun. From um, Here to Eternity. From Here to Eternity was the other one. Yeah. However, I'm putting down, Frank, for Von Ryan's Express. I never saw Von Ryan's oh. Express. Oh, it's what a great movie. It? It's a great movie. Yeah. See it. Watch it. And uh, 1965, here we have a singer at the top of his game and uh, with a in a dramatic role. It's a solid, gritty film. That's my number three. All right. Didn't he, wasn't he in The Man with the Golden Arm, yes, too? Yes, right. yeah. Uh, interesting that there's a man with a golden arm and a man with a golden gun. I used to get those two confused. I wonder why. Probably because Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren. Darren. <laughs> All right. My number two from 1992, Madonna in A League of Their Own. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's where I figured I'd, that's, I, that's, I'd get you. Go ahead. Talk to yeah, I mean, good. she stole the show. She's the best part of the fucking movie. I mean, Tom Hanks is great, and uh, Laurie Petty is great. Everybody in that movie, Gina Davis is awesome. Everyone's really good in that movie. But and also, uh, that's when uh, Rosie uh, O'Donnell also kind of stole the show there with her. But they were great in that movie together. They really had some nice chemistry. Uh, that's before uh, Evita and everything else, uh, you know. The, it, but she, I, I don't. It wasn't her first film, but no. it was. The one that really catapulted her into, okay, she can act now. Do you know what I mean? Like it before that time, it was in. She was like in Who's That Girl or something like Who's that. Who's that girl? There was another one like a, a cl- white girl. It was like a classified ad shtick, but it was yeah. not a good movie. You're right. This was her where she had acting chops for the first time in right. this film. That's really nice. And she was she had a real emotion. She had a, a real arc. And she was controlled. She was like kind of, she showed that she could contain her character. Right, right. Directed by Penny Marshall. Yeah. That's a good choice. It, yeah, go ahead. What, 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 no, what? No, what are you going to say? No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Uh, the actress for my number two is Cher. And now, uh, I was, I wanted to put Cher on my list for Mask, but because I had Mask on my top five last week, I couldn't. But we can repeat I we did. talked about this. Can I we repeat? I know. And I thought about Cher. And I, the first thing that came to mind was Moonstruck and Silkwood. Yeah. Oh, you she's know? great. Silkwood. Silkwood. Yeah. And I thought, well, Silkwood. But you know what, Robert? A minor cheat. I went back to Mask. I did. It really is her she best role. She was really, really good in that film. Here we have an actress, a, a singer, who just nailed it. And again, we were having fun with this, I think, last week about, well, she is the trailer trash yeah. mentality. But whatever that was, she was really, really solid in that film. I'm glad that you, you brought up Silkwood, though. Yes. Silkwood It's almost like underappreciated. Yeah. It, it's underappreciated. It's such a good movie. It's, a, it's an incredible and movie. And those showers, when they're like scrubbing them in there. Oh, my God. Talk about money shot. I think about that uh, uh, probably... Once every two weeks, 
the Silkwood shower. I'm like, <laughs> something grosses me out. I'm like, yeah. I got to get in there and take yeah. a Silkwood shower. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I did You're put her down for mask with um, Eric Stoltz. And I, I do forget this a lot. That was directed by Peter Bogdanovich. I, I forget that, you huh. know. Yeah, Peter Bogdanovich directed Mask, and she was so good in that movie. Yeah. So here we have a top singer doing a damn good job as an actress in Mask. All right. Mask, Sam Elliott, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, my number one. I w- okay. I don't think you're going to have this on your list. This is a 1976 film. Uh, Give me a hint. Do you think okay, Robert? Do you think I've seen the movie? Hmm. Oh, let me try that. Do you think I've heard of the movie? Yes. Okay, I've heard of the movie, but I don't think you've seen it. Okay, fair enough. Nineteen seventy-six. Yes. Tell me just a little bit about this film. The main star of the movie—you like playing the games. You love playing the guessing yeah, games. I do. The main star of the movie is the singer. All right. <laughs> okay. And so, the, I mean, it centers around him. It's a male. Him. Right. It centers all around him. He's in practically every scene. Okay. And almost no one else, I don't want to say almost no one else, but all the other actors are just in it for brief moments. What else can you tell me about this film? This actor died recently. The singer actor. Was the singer actor included in my dead corner, our dead corner? No. This singer actor died like a year more than a year ago. More than a year ago. Any other hints? It's David Bowie. <laughs> Man who fell to earth. Man who fell to earth. And That's yes, it. I saw it. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was hard to not That's really good, Robert. It's hard That's to That's real good. It was really hard to not put Labyrinth on here. Labyrinth is so great. David Bowie is so good. But he does sing in Labyrinth. It is partly a musical. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think the Man who fell to earth is a is a better performance by Bowie. He's so fucking weird. And he's so, he's an alien. And you're like, oh shit, man. This guy really is pulling off the alien character so well. Um, it's yeah, a Buck great... Henry. Didn't Buck Henry? Did he? I, I, I don't I, even remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. I th- Buck, uh, Producer Joey, would you, would you mind? Uh, Finding of Buck uh, Henry was in uh, I think he, did The he Man he Who Fell to it? Earth. I think he, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Thank you. Yes, she says, yeah, he was in it. Did he? He didn't write it. Okay, but he's he appeared in the movie. Okay, yeah, he's in. go ahead, go ahead. Um, but I, I, I mean, David Bowie just plays this kind of uh, just oddly placed character who's uh, studying the human condition, and it fits so well with a lot of the music that Bowie was producing at the time. And he didn't sing in the movie. I don't. No, think, he right? didn't. Yeah, no. I mean, he he just really kind of played this weirdo alien. It said, I remember, I saw it in the theater when it first came out. Yeah. I did. You're kind of surprised to hear that, but I did see it in the theater. Uh, some a message about corporations, about capitalism. Yeah. Yes. That was like a through line. That's yeah. a thread throughout the film. Yeah. Nice. Great performance. I don't know if the movie is the best, uh-huh. but it's a great, solid performance yeah. by yeah. Bowie. And that's what I really try to focus on is who were the best performances. That's why I had to give Madonna number two. She was great in A League of Their Own. Uh, some of the other movies might be better movies. Like, uh, you know, I liked... Little Man Tate more than I liked uh, A League of Their Own, but Madonna was great. That's great. What's your number one? That was your number one, huh? My number one, I'll tell you the actor slash singer, and you'll tell me the name of the movie. Okay. Because you and I actually spoke about this movie once before. Justin Timberlake. Dogville? No. We spoke about this film. We've never seen it. Timberlake. Yep. Uh, JT. 
2007. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it. In uh, fact, there's one line of dialogue. You howled when I said it to you once. Are you ready for the yeah. line? Why am I changing the radiator? Oh, <laughs> black snake moan. <laughs> First of all, that's a hell of a movie. I love my number one. I fucking love my number one choice. Justin Timberlake is like a triple threat. I mean, a singer, dancer, actor. He's got it all, and he's damn good in everything that he does. Black Lake Moan with Samuel Jackson was in that film. Christina Ricci, who has an insatiable sexual appetite. And uh, it's, it's a really good movie. He's wonderful in it. And he's, of course, primarily a singer, an incredible actor in Black Snake Moan. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like my number one. Hey, uh, one of my little extras I'd like to throw yes, in there just yes. to mention. Because like, I, I cheated. The so performance you... was so bad that I couldn't put it on my top five list. But I, I immediately, when you said singers who were in non-singing roles, the first one that came to mind was Mick Jagger in Free Jack from 1986. Why is that in your list? Because it was awful. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. You're right. You're right. It, that was an awful movie. It was an awful performance. A message from one of my friends wanted uh-huh. me to ask you if you've heard of this movie. Okay. I haven't seen the movie, but my good buddy Eric was wondering if you ever heard of a film called Spring Breakers. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And it stars, um, what's her name? Who's a, oh, Selena a, Gomez. Yeah. yeah. A singer. She was good in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't include it because I hadn't seen the movie. So I would think you would like that movie. I think I would too. I'm surprised I, you I, haven't seen that I'm movie. I'm surprised too. Yeah. It's very visual. Yeah. Very visual. I mean, not just because you got a bunch of girls running around in bikinis, but also the colors and the um, and and James Franco is really good in it. I don't care about the colors of James Franco. <laughs> Check out Spring Breakers; you'll like it. Our lists have never been more uh, divergent. Is divergent? Is that the they've been interesting? Yeah, but I really like my number. Well, one. I would say uh, women who need a good fucking. That might have been a pretty good. <laughs> You went with Attack of the 50 Foot. Your reaction woman. when I said that, you how yeah, Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, buddy. There we go. Hey, guess hey, what? We did another one. There it is. This is episode 60. Wow, 60. 60 episode. What are we going to do on the 70th? That's how old you are, I know. That's my birthday. I'll be 70 years old. Will you get me a birthday cake? Nope. 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 Uh, yeah, man. This is episode 60. And uh, doing this for a while now. Yeah, we have. Every week. Every week. There you go. It's work, but we love it. Let me say that again. It's work, but we love it. Yeah. Uh, Hello! (laughs) Uh, If you like our top five list, or if you hate them. Yeah. Can we thank Producer Joe? I'm gonna. I just want to make sure. Don't leave your wife out of your wrap-up. Fuck that bitch. She ain't no shit. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, I love you, and we'll um, we'll thank you at the end of the show. Hey, where's 30 Love? Can that be found anywhere? Can I close this show up? Just remind me about these All things. right. If you like our top five list, or if you want to complain about anything, please send us an email to robert at antiwaypodcast.com, or slash, or, or slash, and, I, and, and slash, or ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to get to I you know, there. I know, I know, I uh, know. Or you can send us a message, message through Twitter, which is at AntiWavePod, or Instagram at AntiWavePod as well. Yeah, we're all over the place, aren't we? We are. We really are, Robert. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play. Go to our website. Yeah, or tell a friend. Make right. sure someone knows about it. Uh, let Spread the word like you're disseminating semen on the faces of the dead porn stars in the industry. Why nice is everybody, analogy. Why is everybody looking at me so weird? Nice analogy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Joey, Joey, you want to come home with me tonight? (laughs) (laughs) She's considering it. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's shaking her head. No. Uh, and I do want to thank producer Joy for doing an yeah. amazing job. Woo! And uh, also, if you like uh, if you like independent films, micro budget films, then I got a good one for you. It's called Thirty Love. I've heard about that movie. Yeah, it's yeah. written by two douchebags who are sitting here talking in a microphone. True that. And True you dat. can check it out on Amazon Prime for free. You can yeah. also rent it now on iTunes. How about that? Uh, you can also rent it through Amazon if you don't have Amazon Prime. You can check it out on YouTube Rentals. There's a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And you can also go to our website and buy a disc. Yes. I gotta tell DVD. you, the discs are coming in, and the Blu-rays are beautiful. They they're pristine. The 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 way that the the rate, the download rate from Amazon and from iTunes is not quite as nice as the Blu-ray. It looks so much sharper and better. And there's all these extra bonus features. There's like yes. uh, four hours of really cool bonus features of gag reels and out, outtakes, outtakes, deleted scenes, director's commentary, commentary. So you get to hear more of us talking about bullshit you don't care about. Yeah, like if you haven't had enough already. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, so uh, that about does it. And uh, yeah, so until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. How come you can name all these like Indian people, uh, <laughs> but, but you can't say Allison? <laughs> <laughs>